잡고 walking on the moon 굳게 다친 moon 빠짐없이 열어 오랫동안 기다려왔던 cool 사랑했던 너는 그 한마디가 특별하게 느껴지는 눈에 봐왜이리 심장은 빨리 되는지 everybody to another edition of the slasher sanitarium it is episode four of the silent sea this episode is entitled the truth comes out which is pretty apropos after last week's uh, bloodbath or water bath maybe we start off with a scene from the past han arrives at the water distribution center a man tries to get signatures to abolish the class system, but Han just keeps walking. He enters a medical center, and the doctor tells him that he will require a higher water grade in order for them to mitigate the effects of his daughter's condition. The doctor tells him that if the condition gets worse, his daughter might lose her legs. And they can't do much considering what his water class is. So... This is pretty clearly the motivation for him going to Balhay Station. Now, the other crew members seem to think that his daughter is dead. But I didn't get that from this part here. I got this from his daughter is alive and that he's up here to try to get a higher water grade so that he can then get her some treatment. Dr. Huang says that the water in Su Chan's blood appears like normal water, but it's denser and it looks more like it's distilled water as there are no uh, antibodies or uh, germs or viruses or anything in there. They, they don't see anything in the water at all. The freezing temperature is also lower than normal water, and they still don't know how it even got into his bloodstream in the first place. Han looks over the cliff and he starts to make his way down the shaft. Now, uh, as you remember from last episode, they needed somebody to go down the elevator shaft and go into a small uh, room that housed the um, like control panel for the uh, communication system. So Han needs to uh, rappel down this giant shaft that is an elevator shaft because the elevator is not working. He needs to rappel down there and get into the area there and replace the uh, actual control panels there to see if that'll actually do the work. There's no guaranteeing that that's the problem either. As Han starts rappelling down, he gets pretty close to where he needs to go, and the elevator that is all the way down at the bottom of the crater begins to move its way up. And of course, Han is right in the path of it. The guys up on top try the emergency brake, but that doesn't work. And Han is able to swing out of the way as the elevator flies past him and slams into the roof of the facility. Which means it would have grabbed him and crushed him. As this happens, the lights go off in the facility for a moment, but they come back on, and Han says he's fine, and he wants to know how exactly the elevator 
that was not working a minute ago suddenly just came to life and tried to kill him. Han then sees that the elevator is about to come crashing back down, so he has them throw him a rope so that he can tether himself to the outside shaft wall instead of being on the inside, which he currently is. He is able to get out of the way just as the elevator goes flying past him, but it does catch him a bit, and he gets kind of thrown around back and forth, and then he looks as if he might pass out, as he is just hanging now uh, in, the, in midair by one rope tether. And we also hear that his oxygen system is damaged, but for now, he's alive. Han starts to make his way back up, as his suit tells him he has about 9% oxygen left. It looks like pretty much most of his oxygen has left his, his uh, suit at this point. Han is able to get to where he needs to go, and he finds a control panel, and Ryu talks him through how to fix it. Han replaces the control panel, and Ryu reboots the system. Han's suit demands that he connects to life support systems as he finishes the repairs. As he's walking away, though, Han, now with no oxygen left, falls to the ground as Gong tries to call out for him. Uh, everything is scarier in space. And the fact that these guys have just a tank of oxygen strapped to their back makes it all that much crazier as well. And they set it up well with... Like, okay, well, normally we'd be able to take this elevator down and then just get off on that floor and be good. But the elevator's not working because, for whatever reason, it's not working. It was pretty curious, though, that as soon as he started doing that, the elevator then suddenly worked and, like, whipped up to the top of the facility. So either that's just a strange malfunction, which I'm not quite sure on, or somebody knew he was doing this and intentionally tried to kill him, which is, I think, the more logical choice on that. So now we have, we've already lost three crew members so far, and while Han does feel like a main character, I don't know. Like, it's like, well, they, they could kill him here. So they do, they have kind of set up the fact that, uh, any and all of these people could die. So I like that aspect of it, where he doesn't feel like he has plot armor or anything like that. It's like, he's the captain, yes, but if he dies, is that really like going to impact the story in a negative way? I don't think so. Like, Song is our main character. If she dies, then obviously that would be kind of like, what was the point of it? But him, you're like, ah, you know, he could. Hong and Song talk through what the water is and what it does. It multiplies within the bloodstream. And after Su Chan died, the water stopped multiplying. Song says that the water is a virus. And they need to continue to test some of their theories out. Han opens his eyes, and Gong and E2 are standing over him. They actually were able to go down there and rescue him. Han remembers his daughter putting a smiley face sticker on his badge, and he says he refuses to go to medical. I'm not sure if it was just because, like, 
it would have been kind of boring to watch these two guys rappel down there and grab him and, you know, bring him back up. Or if it was just like a, you know, we could probably save a little budget on not showing that at all. Um, but just having him like open his eyes and be like, oh, I'm alive and I'm back at like the command center was a little bit like, eh, all right, I guess we're just going to like quickly whip past that. But it was okay. I, it, it didn't, it didn't kill the episode flow for me at all. Hong checks all known viruses in the database, but nothing matches what they're dealing with. So Song says it must be an extraterrestrial virus. Doc Hong looks at the water and remarks about how she can't remember the last time she has seen such clear water. Like, at this point, it's becoming pretty clear, like, what this whole mission has been about. You know, they they set it up from the get-go that, like, the world needs water. We're running out of it. And we get to the station, and it's been, like, a huge underlying thing. Like, everybody looks like they're drowned. And now you've got Su Chen, like, spurting water at all the place. And here you've got Doc Hong being like, it's some clear-ass water. I'm just going to say that. So it's like, okay, yeah, we've we've sort of set it up, but it, it makes sense, you know, in this world that this would be so important to them that they would risk an entire crew of people to try to bring back some of this lunar water. And with the fact that it multiplies, you're like, well, it's pretty much unlimited supply of it then, right? Han returns to the bridge, and Ryo tells him that they still do not have any communication. He says the system's not the issue. Um, but there is still no exchange of, it, of signals. Ryu says maybe the hardware was damaged, and that the system just can't locate where the hardware damage is. And then Gong says, oh, well, you know, I was looking around for, like, communication devices and stuff like that throughout the facility. I didn't find anything. And Ryu says, hold on a second. That's actually a really good idea. So he looks for... Uh, signals on the moon. This whole time he's been looking for a way to speak with Earth. But once he does, they actually find an unknown signal that is emanating from the base. And Gong says the signal is coming from Storage 3, and that the murderer always returns to the scene of the crime. So Gong and his boys head out to Storage 3, and as soon as they get there, there's nobody there. They all look around and are like, well, we're still having the signal in here, so it's around here somewhere. And Han opens up Lee Jisoo's body bag and reaches into his pocket and he finds a communication device. So it looks like Lee was indeed a spy. So I guess I call that, but that was like not that difficult of a conclusion to jump to. It doesn't really hit as hard that he was a spy because he's dead. Like, so there's no confrontation there about it. There's no, like, I mean, it was it was a really cool way of them showing that he was, with, like, the fact that he's got the, this communication device on him that he shouldn't have. That was cool. But the fact that it's, like, oh, well, he was a spy. Like, that's a bummer, but it's not like he can do anything now, because... He did, but, you know, eh. Han asks if Ryo can figure out who Lee was talking to, and if he can get in contact with Director Choi. I 
thought maybe this was one and the same person that he was talking to, Director Troy, but we'll see on that in a second. Han radios over to Song to ask her if she has figured out what is going on in the facility. And Song tells him that everyone died. Um, We're still trying to figure it out, but they all died from an increase of water in their system. Ryu is able to get the communication device to connect to Director Choi. Song hears something off in the darkness, but she can't really see what what she's uh, looking at. Han then talks to Director Choi, and she's not pleased that three people are dead, and of course that one of them was also a spy. And Han's like, you're the one who approved the co-pilot swap. And she doesn't really say anything about that. She's just like, ah, well, you know, internal affairs are going to investigate, they're going to figure it out. And they decide that they can't really rule out that anyone else on the crew is not a spy. She wants Han to catch the intruder and get the sample back. And she tells him the sample is very important, and he knows more than anyone just how important that is. Han requests level 1 clearance so that they can search the entire facility. It is good that they they don't spell it out for you. Like, there is a little bit of her being like, you know how important this is. Is clearly talking about his daughter, and about the fact that obviously, like, if the mission is successful, one, him coming back, they're going to up his water grid anyways, so she'll probably get the treatment that she needs. But two, if they are actually able to figure out how to use this unlimited water source where it doesn't kill every single person on the planet, that's big. You know, it it eliminates a lot of things and a lot of problems. Song goes hunting for the intruder and instead finds a glowing red triangle on on the ground. Then she sees that there is a door nearby and when she tries to open it, it asks for a level one code. Dr. Hong comes over the radio and asks where she is, so Song makes her way back to Dr. Hong. Choi asks if Han believes the theory that the intruder is a survivor. He says he isn't sure, uh, but then, of course, he asks why there's no signs of radiation. And he says, but I think you probably already knew that. Choi, uh, Choi proceeds to look shocked when he mentioned the spy, but he, she didn't react when... Uh, Han mentioned that there might be a survivor there. And Choi tries to cover and claims that Han is starting to believe Song's crazy theories. We see that Mr. Kim is in the room with her, and he sure gives her a look like, I think you figured us out. (laughs) So, her reaction to him being like, I think that you know what happened at this facility. I think you know it wasn't a radiation leak. And her just being like, oh, you're the first person who's ever said that. Like All I've ever heard is that there was radiation. Like, just to play dumb, and how quickly like she went, oh, songs and her crazy theories, and you now you're starting to believe them. Like, it's pretty obvious that she knew exactly what's going on there. Like, it... None of it adds up if she doesn't know that the lunar water is killed everybody there. Because otherwise, like, 
why would she send all these people five years later and not like directly after it happened? And yeah, there's just a lot. It, yeah. Han tells her that if she is withholding information, then completing the mission isn't his concern, and instead getting back safely is. She says that completing the mission not only will save his daughter, but give hope to everybody. We finally got to see a little bit of Han kind of standing up to her. Not that it made much of a difference, but, you know, at least he was like, I have, I have these people here that I need to get back safely. And that should trump you attempting to get the sample back. And of course, her big concern is like, I don't give a fuck about any of you, as long as one of you comes back with that sample in your hand. Hong and Song are still testing out Su Chan's blood, and Song grabs a blade and puts a drop of her own blood onto the water sample. They watch as the sample starts to multiply. Hong freezes the water before it gets out of control. Hong says blood stays alive outside of the body for a short time, but once the blood died, the water stopped multiplying. So it is in fact a virus, or a parasite for this matter. So if they could just figure out how to remove the virus from the water it produces, the class system would be abolished and South Korea would have all the clean water it needs and more. And they'd be rich as fuck. Song just proved that they don't need to, like, infect a living person and, like, create a water farm, essentially. Like, they just need live blood to cause the reaction. But, of course, the issue here is that any water it makes also seems to carry this virus, so anyone who drinks it is going to give off, like, gallons of water that also is contaminated. Han asks if he has any ideas on what they can do. Oh, sorry. Uh, Gong tells Han that Choi is just using the rescue ship as leverage, so they will complete the mission. And Han asks him if he's got any ideas on what they can do instead of completing the mission, and he does not. Song then busts in and says if the samples they are retrieving is water. And Song says that Han knew what they were there for the entire time. We get a flashback to Mr. Kim uh, talking to Han and Choi. Mr. Kim says they didn't give up on the moon, like everyone else did. And because they didn't give up, they found water on the moon. It was Song's sister who, who uh, found the water, and she is shown standing over the cliff face that we just had uh, Han almost get killed in. Back in normal time, and Han says that they found water... And if their research is successful, they will solve the world's water problem. And Song says the reason Choi didn't want them knowing about the water was because the water is what killed everybody, including Su Chan. Su Yuk asks what they mean, and Gong says that Su Chan was exposed to lunar water, and it multiplied until him within him until he drowned. So I guess they didn't explain to him how exactly his brother died yet? But they did now. Song says it multiplies endlessly. And while that sounds like a perfect thing, their research inevitably failed because they all died. And they were never able to figure out how to get the properties of this water that would continue to expand and multiply 
without killing anybody that has to try to drink it. So then Song explains that it was her sister who was a lead researcher for Balhae Station. Ryo says there's no way to control this yet, but if they did figure out how to, they'd be rich. Gong asks if they're going to be okay, and Hong says, eh, maybe. Han says that Choi told him that the lunar water is unstable, and it had to be kept under low, pre- low temperature so as not to come in contact with external stimuli. And Song tells him, yeah, those external stimuli are actually living organisms. They're people. And the government covered it up for a few reasons, but mainly so nobody would try to come to the moon, get a bunch of water, and figure out how to stabilize it before they could. It wasn't a matter of, we're going to make sure that nobody comes up here and wipes out an entire population of people. It was like, no, we got to make sure that nobody else gets it and is able to sell it. Like, no, that's that's our deal. Like, we found the water, we're going to do it. Song says there are too many variables, and she's not upset at Han. She just would like some more information. Han says he was against Song coming and asks why she came in the first place. Song says her sister was calling her to get there, and she tells him she needs someone with level 1 clearance so she can get the data that is stored there. I guess the idea there is that, you know, if they get all this information, there's got to be a a lot of the research already. So I'm kind of shocked that Choi isn't also looking for the research, because, like, that does seem like it'd be important not just to get the water sample, but also to get the research that went along with it so that you're not having to take all this time to redo all the research. Gong asks the rest of the crew about why Song was even on the mission. Suyuk says she was curious, and it wasn't fair. She wasn't given the true story of how her sister died, and he understands how she feels. While Suyuk understands... He also says he would never put that before the mission at hands. Song brings Han to the door. She needs him to open. And Song go, uh, asks to go in by herself. But he says, I don't trust you yet. And he rips off her camera and his own. And they both enter the storage area. As they're walking through, there are just walls of databanks. But Han winds up stepping on a leaf that appears to be sticking out of a small hatch door in the floor. He opens up the hatch to find an entire underground area covered in plants. And the episode ends. So now we have another mystery. Like, they, either the researchers there have been growing this room full of plants, or whatever they had down there has now overgrown in the five years since. And what does it mean? Is is this potentially a way to filter out the virus with the water? Like, using these plants, these vines? I don't know. But there's, there's something there. Uh, obviously, that's going to be probably where we pick up on, on the next episode. We now have the entire crew that knows that Song is up there because her sister was a lead researcher. And Han seems to understand now that he's being used, but he really has no choice. Like, 
he has to complete the mission or she's not going to send a rescue ship. She'll instead probably just send another ship once they wind up dead because they're surrounded by bodies that have this infection in them, as we've seen. But nobody died that episode. Uh, Not for lack of trying, though, because Han definitely was in danger for the majority of it. And there was a lot of information kind of thrown at us um, and we don't we don't know like, really the extent of Director Troy or Mr. Kim on what they're doing. It seems like Mr. Kim, him telling Song before, like, hey, you should get this research. Like, is is he really benevolent in that? Or is he like, okay, well, she doesn't think that that's as important as the water, but I think it's just as important. Like, it could very easily go either way. We still don't know what the hell killed Lee Jisoo. We still don't exactly know who Lee Jisoo was a spy for. Because it didn't seem like it's for Director Choi. Um, And the more that she kind of talked with Han, it was like... Yeah, she gave him just enough information for him to attempt the mission. But not enough that, you know, he'd be suspicious at all. And we didn't really get anything from Lee that gave us what he was trying to do there. Like, the messages he was sending on his communication device were a lot of, like, we landed, looking for specimens, can't find any specimens. Like, he he was giving the people, whoever he was talking to, step-by-step on what was going on, but it still wasn't really apparent on what it was that he was supposed to be doing there. Other than, I would assume trying to get a sample for whoever it was there. But that's episode four. We still got the rest of the season to go here. Uh, We still have the majority of our crew alive. I don't know how much longer that's going to uh, be the case, but we'll definitely find out next Monday. So until then, bye-bye.